we're honored to be here. We are ringing, and I don't intend to ring, so my voice kind of booms, so give you a few minutes to adjust the sound so it won't bother me and them. Very good. Well, it's good to see you. Thank you for coming and being in God's house on this Sunday morning. I don't have anything to tell you about myself except Jesus saved me and called me. Outside of that, I'm a nobody and no good, hell-bound sinner. Jesus saved me. And the only thing in my life that's worth talking about is Jesus. So we're grateful for Him. Now, I've never been here before, and you're looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. You don't know me, and I don't know you. So I'm going to take a moment so we can get together, kind of get familiar with one another. Okay, I want to know who's going to go to sleep and who's not. I think I see him on the second row. Is your name really Adidas? (laughs) All right. Church is tonight at 6 o'clock, right? I feel like we have a good chance with people on Sunday morning because I don't know them and they don't know me. But Sunday night scares me to death. Now let me ask the question. How many of you work tonight and because you work you're not going to be here? Praise God we're going to have the same crowd back again tonight. That's wonderful. Wonderful. I don't believe anybody here would just stay home tonight, would you? Huh? Amen. Adidas, you coming back tonight? Adidas, you? You don't know your name. You got it printed on the front of your shirt. You're going to be here tonight, aren't you? Yes. He wouldn't dare say no. (laughs) Thank you all for coming. Every honest Christian ought to be in God's house unless sick or providentially hindered. And that's not, providentially hindered does not mean a ball game. Thank you for coming today. Your pastor will be thrilled to know that you're in your place on this Sunday morning. Open your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10. Mr. Adidas, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Mark. Man, I'm telling you, there's some boys up here on the front row. All of them's got their name on the front of their T-shirts. Most young men their age have learned their name by now. Have you found your place in Mark chapter 10? Out of love and respect for the Word of God, if you're physically able to stand, would you stand with me? Follow as I begin to read in verse number 46. The Bible says, And they came to Jericho, that's Jesus and his disciples, and as they went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timotheus, 
sat by the highway side begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And if you looked over in Luke chapter 18 and verse 42 that tells us about the same story, it also tells us that Jesus not only healed blind Bartimaeus, but he saved him that day also. Let's bow together for a word of prayer and then the message. Father, thank you for the word of God that tells us about a love so great for sinful men and women and boys and girls that you sent your only son, sinless, holy, undefiled, down to this earth to be tempted as we're tempted, yet without sin, and to go to an old rugged cross and there endure the wrath of God against our sin, that salvation might be paid for and purchased for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Now, Lord, I need your help this morning. I do not ask for the ability to preach a great dynamic message But I do ask you, Heavenly Father, to help me to be able to speak clearly and plainly so that my words are easy to understand and the youngest person here can know exactly what's being said. And Lord, I'm asking you to fill me with thy Holy Spirit. I'd be foolish to think that man has the ability or the experience to preach your word apart from your anointing and your power by your Holy Spirit. I yield to you today. Use me. And I'm asking you to save every unsaved person in this building this morning. And those that may be listening by way of live stream, if there's one unsaved there, save their soul. And we'll thank you in advance for all you shall do and for every soul that's saved. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. Notice verse number 49. The Bible says, And Jesus stood still. And Jesus stood still. He's on his way from Jericho to Jerusalem. Look back up in verse 33 and 34. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen to him when he got to Jerusalem. He said, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priest and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, and they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, 
and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. Jesus was and is a man of action. All the days of his earthly ministry, he was active. He was not a lazy man. There was not a lazy bone in his body. Even as a child, when most young people tend to be a little bit lazy when it comes to work, Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Aren't you glad that we have the promise of God's word that Jesus never changes? The Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever in Hebrews 13 verse 8. That means that those things that were close to the heart of Christ when he was on earth are still dear to his heart today. What he said then, he still means now. What touched him then still touches Jesus today. Jesus was not only a man of action, he was a man with a purpose, a man on a mission. He was born to die for our sins. Calvary was no mishap. It was not the result of a mob out of control. Calvary was planned and allowed by God so sinners like you and I could be saved and have everlasting life. God's plan for the redemption of sinful man was already at this time heavy on his heart. This was the reason for his incarnation. This was his purpose and mission here on earth, to die for our sins. Nothing would keep him from his appointed date with destiny. Isaiah 50 verse 17, in prophesying about Calvary and Christ's suffering, lets us know that he set his face like flint toward Calvary. Nothing would deter him from Calvary. Yet, in this passage that we just read, we're told that a cry from the crowd in Jericho as Jesus passed through caused him to stop and give attention to the one that cried out. Our text says, and Jesus stood still. Now notice, this man of action stood still. This man with a purpose stood still. This God-man on a mission from God stopped at the cry of a man, a beggar, and stood still. This holy one with his face like a flint toward Calvary stood still. This one, the Son of God, who wouldn't allow personal suffering and hurt to stop him, stood still, the Bible says. The Son of Man, with a plan and purpose of God heavy on his heart, heard a feeble cry from the crowd. And the Bible says, and Jesus stood still. This morning, for our message, I want us to look at this story and consider the circumstances that caused God incarnate on the greatest and most important mission in human history to stop and give attention to a blind beggar on the wayside. And the Bible says, and Jesus stood still. He healed and he saved this desperate soul. The first thing I want to point out to you this morning is this. Who was it 
that cried out and caused Jesus to stop and turn his attention to this man's need. His name was Bartimaeus. He wasn't the mayor of Jericho. He was not the governor of the region. He wasn't a king or a man of wealth or position. Bartimaeus was a blind beggar sitting along the roadside begging. And the point I want to make here is this. If Christ would stop and give attention to this blind beggar at this time when the weight of the sin of the world was heavy upon him on his way to Calvary, how much more will he stop today at your cry if you'll call out to him? You may feel unworthy, but call out. Jeremiah 3.33 said, Call unto me and I will answer thee. You see, today the burden of sin has already been paid for. That burden's been lifted. Calvary is passed. Salvation is finished. Sin paid for and God is satisfied with the sin debt that was paid. Oh, how much more is he giving his ear tuned toward you and this congregation waiting for the feeble cry from the crowd and this same God that stood still for blind Bartimaeus will stop just for you if you'll cry out to him this morning. There's not one person here today worse off than this blind, unsaved, unclean beggar. If Jesus would stop for him, he'd stop for you if you'll call on him today. If you'll cry out to him, he'll stop just for you. Whatever else the Lord is doing, he's never so busy with more important things than to stop for you when you call out to him. You see, the salvation of a sinner is more important to God than the rescue of hurricane victims or tornado victims. Without salvation, a fate is waiting, a fate worse than you've ever thought of or imagined is waiting for you. Those who were caught up in these hurricanes or in these fires, and that's nothing compared to what's waiting for you. If you're without Christ as your Savior. What Jesus said, hell is so bad, if your eye offends you, if your eye hinders you from getting saved, you'd be better off to pluck your eye out, go through life with one eye, than to die and go to hell, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is never quenched. He said, if your hand hinders you, You'd be better off to cut your hand off and go through life with one hand than to have two hands and die and go to hell where your worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. He goes on and says the same thing about a foot. Oh, he's warning us. Don't put it off. Don't ignore your need. The God of heaven has paid salvation's price he has as a gift to anyone who will call upon him. He's just waiting for someone like blind Bartimaeus who will cry out in, in the crowd, Jesus, thou son of Nazareth, have mercy on me. 
Nothing is more important than the salvation of lost sinners. It was for your salvation that he suffered and bled and died. Though he rules the whole world and the hearts of kings are in his hand, he stands still when he hears the sincere cry of a needy soul. Take it to heart, dear lost soul. Jesus is waiting for you to cry out to him today. Now the word of God tells us who may call out to the Son of God. May I say first of all, any and all lost needy souls in sin may call. You see, there was a sinful woman called the woman of Samaria. She'd been married five times, living without marriage in sin. And Jesus stopped and waited on her at a well and saved her soul. He'd stopped for her. Who may call any lost, needy soul in sin? He stopped by a tax collector and saved him, Zacchaeus. He stopped in the process of dying long enough to say to a thief hanging on the cross, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Who may call any and all needy souls? The only thing that's keeping you from calling out to God today is your lost, depraved condition controlled by the devil himself. Jesus died to save you, and he will, if you'll by faith ask him. Call out. You say, preacher, I don't know how to be saved. I got good news for you. We're going to give an invitation in a little while. And if you'll come, we'll show you how to be saved. Just come. Call on Him. Any child of God may call. Hebrews 4.16 says, Come boldly before the throne of grace that you might find mercy and grace to help in your time of need. Anybody here with a need? Anybody here with a burden? You may call. He invites you to come boldly. You don't have to make an appointment. Just call. Come boldly before the throne of grace. I was babysitting my youngest daughter one day. My wife was out shopping. I was in my office working on a sermon. She was out in front of the house trying to learn how to ride her bicycle. I heard this horrible scream. I thought, oh dear goodness, a car has hit her. About that time, I heard the front door of the house slam open and slam shut. Then I heard the back door. And then my office door slammed open. And there stood my little daughter crying. I said, Kimberly, what happened? She said, I was riding my bicycle. And, and, and I hit the curb and I fell and I skipped my knee. I looked down at her knee and it wasn't even bleeding. Just a little red spot there. I said, well, Kimberly, wh what do you want me to do? She said, I thought you could kiss it. So I got down on my knee and wiped it off and kissed it. And she said, bye. So where are you going? She said, I'm going to ride my bicycle. Now, the point I want to make is this. She had no appointment. She didn't need one. She was my child. And she knew she could come boldly into my presence with any need, big or small. 
Well, that's what Jesus is telling us. Come boldly. Doesn't matter how big or small the need is. Doesn't matter whether it's an emergency or it's just a burden on your heart. Come boldly. You can cry out to him today. He's waiting with his ear toward, turned toward you. And whatever else he's doing, he'll stop just for you when he hears your cry. Who may call? Any person when a, with a heavy burden may call. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Let me ask you a question. How long has it been since you've called out to your God and talked to Him about your life? How long has it been since you've thanked Him for loving you and dying for you on that old rugged cross? How long has it been since you've taken your burdens to Him and asked for His help? Every now and then we'll hear a commercial. How long has it been since you've had a bowl of Wolf Brand chili? <laughs> then they'll say, that's too long. <laughs> How long has it been since you've been on your knees and you've called out to Him? That's too long. It ought not be some strange action in our life. It ought to be a regular occurrence, a daily occurrence, a continuing thing. Who may call? Any person with a heavy burden may call. Who may call? Any child of God may call. Who may call? Any backslidden Christian may call. 1 John 1, 8 and, 9, 8 and 9 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we'll confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Have you ever wondered what that means? He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can I tell you what it means? He'll do it every time you'll call on Him. Every time you ask Him. What kind of a cry was this that caused Jesus to stand still? May I say, first of all, it was a cry for mercy. Blind Bartimaeus in verse 47 said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. I'm not going to ask you how many has ever been stopped by a policeman. You don't have any driver's license, do you? <laughs> I promise you, if you've ever been stopped by a policeman, you didn't say, give me what I deserve. I beg for mercy. And let me tell you, my dear friend, when it comes to Jesus, I don't ask him to give me what I deserve because I deserve to burn in hell forever and ever, and you do too. Blind Bartimaeus didn't say, Jesus, thou son of David, give me what I deserve. No, he said, have mercy on me. And you know what causes God to stop and give attention to me and you when we pray? It's when we cry out for mercy. Mercy, have mercy on me. And then notice it was a personal cry. 
have mercy on me. Now, I thank God that people pray for one another. But when it comes to getting saved, nobody can get saved for you. You don't go to heaven because mom and dad got saved. You don't go to heaven because you were born in a Christian country. That's kind of foolish, isn't it? Oh, I'm going to heaven. I was born in America. That means if you were born in a garage, you're an automobile. No, it doesn't make sense. No. If we're saved, it's because there is a time we can look back and remember when we personally, definitely, and individually accepted Jesus as our Savior. I can look back, August the 23rd, 1954, 68 years ago, as a 15-year-old boy, just turned 15, a 14-year-old rebel, just turned 15, realized I was lost and on my way to hell, and I cried out to Jesus Christ, and He saved me. But it was a personal cry. Have you personally asked Jesus to be your Savior? Well, I joined the church. You know where that'll get you? Hell. Church didn't die for your sins on the cross. It was Jesus. Well, I'm a Baptist. The Baptist denomination didn't die for you on the cross. It was Jesus. If you're going to be saved, you've got to personally receive Jesus as your Savior. He's the one that suffered and bled and died, was buried, and on the third day rose again, just like the Bible says, with free salvation to all who call upon Him. It was a personal cry. Have mercy on me. And then may I say to you, it was a persistent cry. Verse 48 tells us that they tried to hush up blind Bartimaeus. Don't bother him. But I love what the Bible says. He cried the more a great deal. It was a persistent cry. I'm here to tell you, my dear friend, Jesus is waiting for that person that wants to be saved and won't let anything stand in his way from accepting Christ as Savior. He's waiting for you. Then may I say also, it was an urgent cry. This was Jesus' last time to pass through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem where he'd be arrested and crucified. It was an urgent cry. Bartimaeus would never have that opportunity to ask him again. What makes you think you've got plenty of opportunities? Hell's full of people that plan to get saved next Sunday but died before next Sunday. The only opportunity they had was this Sunday, and they put it off. Well, I plan to get saved tomorrow. Hell's full of people that didn't wait till tomorrow. They died today. And if you're here today and you're unsaved, There's a God in heaven who loved you and took your sins upon himself and died to pay for those sins on that old rugged cross. And he's ready to save you if you will personally, individually, definitely 
cry out to him, he'll stop just for you and give you everlasting life. And then may I say also, it was a cry of faith. It was a cry of faith. Look at verse 52, if you will. The Bible says, Jesus said, and Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. It didn't say thy work saved him. It didn't say his giving great amounts of money saved him. It said his faith had made him whole. Faith. Where do we get faith? It's a gift from God. God puts it in your heart. You've got enough faith to get saved if you'll simply use it and call upon Jesus Christ. Believe that he died for your sins and was raised again for your justification. It was a cry of faith. Now, thirdly, what does this story teach us? May I say, first of all, it teaches us that Jesus is reachable and available to every individual regardless of your circumstance or condition. The only requirement is that you sincerely want His forgiveness, His salvation, or His help. Blind Bartimaeus was an unworthy beggar, but when he cried out to Jesus, Jesus stopped for him. And I'm here to tell you on the authority of the Word of God, Jesus has got His ear turned toward you, waiting for you to cry out to Him this morning. And He'll stop and give attention to that need you're dealing with also. He's reachable. He's available to every individual, regardless of your circumstances or condition. Then may I say that Jesus is moved by our cry for mercy, not our position or our condition. Have mercy on me. And this story teaches us that God's power moves for us on the basis of our faith in Jesus Christ. This story teaches us that God truly does care about your need. How long has it been since you've cried out to Him? How long has it been since you've called and asked Him, Lord, help me? And tell Him about that hurt, that need, that burden, that problem. You're here today and you've never been saved. I'm here to tell you that there's a God in heaven that won't turn you away. Jesus said, all that cometh to me... I will in no wise cast out. He's just waiting for you to come. Well, preacher, if I knew how to be saved, I'd come. You don't have to know how. You just have to want to and come and we'll show you how. Everybody who's ever gotten saved had to get saved the same way. They had to come trusting Jesus as their Savior. Oh, lost sinner, today you may call on him. And he'll save you. But call urgently. Call persistently. Call individually. And call believing that he died for your sins and will save your soul if you ask him. Father, now that's our message this morning. 
I don't know these people, but there's not a stranger here to you. You know more about us than we know about ourselves. And you know those that are dealing with heavy burdens and heartaches. You know those that need to come and lay a need at your feet and claim your help. And you know those who are saved. And you know those who need to be saved. Speak to our hearts. And let us use this invitation not just as a quick way to get out of here, but to come and cry out to you, the one who really does care about our needs. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. I wonder how many of you would say this morning, preacher, I know that I know that I know I'm saved. I can look back and remember when I personally and definitely accepted Christ as Savior. You may not remember the date, but I promise you, if you've accepted Christ, you won't ever forget that experience. I wonder how many of you can say, preacher, I know that I'm saved. You can slip that hand up right now, give testimony of it. Just slip it up where I can see it. Preacher, that's me. I'm saved and I know it. And I'm glad that I know I'm saved. Thank you. You can put them down. What a beautiful sight. Most everybody in here could raise their hands. Some of you raised it up just a little bit as if you, man, I'd like to be. I hope I am, but I don't know for sure. You can know for sure, but not without accepting Jesus the Bible way. You come today and you can get assurance for that salvation. Then I noticed some of you couldn't raise your hand. I want to thank you for being honest. Does no good to pretend when God already knows the truth. God loves you. He wants you too to be saved and know it. Would you let me pray for you? I believe your being here this morning is testimony that you believe there's a God in heaven. You believe there's a heaven and a hell. And you don't want to go to hell, but you don't know you're going to heaven. Would you let me pray for you? While no one's looking, I want you to slip your hand up. Now, before you do, I'll make you this promise. I won't come to you. I won't point you out. I would not embarrass you for anything. But I would like to pray for you and know for whom I'm praying. And I want you to know I'm praying for you. And I want God to know I'm praying for you. You're that person here today that don't know for sure you're saved. But you'd like to know. While no one's looking, would you slip your hand up? I'll see it and you can take it right back down. God bless you. Thank you. You're important to God. Someone else? Someone else? God bless you. You're important to God. That's two. Thank God for two honest people. How about you? Preacher, I don't know for sure. I couldn't raise my hand, but I sure don't want to go to hell. Pray for me. God bless you, sir. Thank you for being honest. Someone else besides these three, anyone else, God bless you back there. God loves you and cares about you. God bless you. God loves you and cares about you. Anyone else, preacher, pray for me when you pray for these five. Pray for me. I don't know I'm saved, but I'd like to know. Anyone else? Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus for these that have raised their hand. Help them to understand that even though I'm praying for them, my prayer 
cannot save them. But I'm praying for them in this manner. Would you give them faith and courage enough when we stand to sing an invitation hymn to step out and come and let us have someone take them aside and show them in the Bible how they can be saved. Everybody who's ever gotten saved had to get saved the same way. They had to come accepting Jesus as Savior. Let this be that day when that young man and that young man and that young lady and that that man back there and the young lady over here to my right come and settle it forever. And Father, for those that ought to have raised their hand but didn't, I'm asking you to save them this morning. Help them to come. Give them faith and courage to step out and come. If they're afraid to come by themselves, let them ask the one next to them to come with them. But oh, for God's sake, help them to come today and trust Jesus. Now, while heads are still bowed, I wonder how many of God's children would say, Preacher, I've got that heavy burden. I've got that need. Pray for me also. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up right now? Yes, all over the auditorium. God bless your heart. Thank you. Lord Jesus, you know the hearts and the lives of these that have raised their hands. And I'm praying for them. I'm praying that you'd help them. But I'm praying also that they'd come at an old-fashioned altar tell you about their heartache, their burden. And know that the same God that stopped for blind Bartimaeus will stop and give attention to their need. You tell us we have not because we ask not. So let us ask today in Jesus' name. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, let's stand to our feet. And while we begin to sing, the pianist playing, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, I want you to step out and come. Young man, you raised your hand and said, I need to be saved. Look up here at me just a moment. Did you mean it? Would you come and let us show you how to be saved? Just come on right now. I need some men who are soul winners. Did you mean it, son? You raised your hand. Did you mean it? Would you come and let us show you how to be saved? Right here, this young man raised his hand and needs to be saved. Would you show him how to be saved? This one raised his hand. Back here, you raised your hand and said you need to be saved. Did you mean it? Would you come on? Over here, you raised your hand and said you need to be saved. Would you come and let us show you how to be saved today? Don't walk out of here saying no to God when God spoke to your heart. Come on, would someone pray for this young man with this young man right here? Would someone come and pray with him? Make sure he knows that he's saved. Hey, if you, want to, if you want people to get saved, you need to be ready to pray with them and help them at an old-fashioned altar. Someone else? Someone else? God spoke to your heart, brought to mind that need. Won't you come and leave it with Jesus today? Will you do it? Come on. Come on. Come on. Go ahead. You're not going to have a better opportunity than now. Come on. Come. Come.
one more verse. There's someone here to whom God is speaking. That Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart. You can't deny it. You're either going to say yes to God or yes to the devil. You're going to either go obey God or obey the devil. The devil would like for you to ignore the Holy Spirit tugging at your heartstring. Don't do it. Don't do it. We're going to sing one more verse. If nobody else comes, it's over. I'm not going to close the invitation. You're going to have to. If nobody comes, it's over. But if God is speaking to your heart, how can you say no to God that cares enough about you to speak to you and you not yield to Him? While we sing this verse, would you come? Come on. Come on. Come on. Have thine own way. out over the congregation see where you're sitting because I'm going to look there tonight since none of you are working I know you're all going to be back tonight anybody here say I don't love Jesus enough to come back tonight (laughs) thank you for listening you've been a wonderful congregation God bless you buddy brother Mark would you dismiss us please Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be in your house today. I pray that you work in the lives of those who come forward today. Lord, I pray that you use your Holy Spirit to direct in our lives. Lord, I ask that you do this this afternoon as we prepare to come back tonight, Lord. I pray that you continue to be with Brother Smith as he opens your word tonight. 